It's hard to humble a person who has it all. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. And today I will be preaching from one simple word, and that word is suppose. Suppose. The dictionary definition of the word suppose means to assume to be true or real for the sake of argument or explanation. To believe, especially on uncertain or tentative grounds. To consider to be probable or likely. To imply as an antecedent condition. Presuppose. To consider as a suggestion. To imagine or to conjecture. Suppose. At our recent banquet, we had a speaker, Dr. Walter Kimbrough, and he said, suppose you learned a verse a day. And from that statement comes the program at vitaminverse.com, which gives you the question, suppose you learned a verse a week. What would that do to your spiritual life? About 10 years ago, I was there in a service in Reverend Rodney Jackson. He said, suppose Christians sent out emails every day. And when he posed that question, it hit my spirit and Mountain Wings was born. And it became the world's largest inspirational email. Suppose, what could you do if you answered the supposed question in your life. In Second Chronicles chapter 7, beginning at the 11th verse, and in Second, chap- in Second Chronicles, that 7th chapter, the 14th verse, it says this, and we all know this verse. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. You can, you can juxtapose, you can, you can substitute the word suppose for the word if. God says, suppose my people who are called by my name, suppose they would do this. Then this is what I would do. Suppose. Suppose my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, seek my face, pray, and turn from their wicked ways. Suppose my people, suppose if, and if you read all the surrounding verses around that, it begins on that 11th verse of the second Chronicles chapter 7, which says, Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord in the king's house. And Solomon successfully accomplished all that came into his heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. 
When I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now, the interesting part of these series of verses We have heard the part preached so often, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face, pray and turn from their wicked ways. What we have not heard are the verses attached to that prior. We've not heard it where where God says, when I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. Let me tell you what those three things are. God says, when I shut up the heaven and there is no rain. When God shut up the heaven and there is no rain, this economy is an agrarian economy. Most of their stuff, most of their food, their wealth, their economy, it's based on farming and the soil. And if there is no rain, your crops don't grow. You don't get any money. You starve to death. God says, when I shut up the heaven and there is no rain, when I do it. See, most of this stuff, when we run into hard times, we attribute that stuff to the devil. We said the devil has done this. The devil has eaten up my money. The devil has cost me this. God says, God says, when I shut up the heaven and there is no rain. Then he says, he says, when I command the locusts to devour the land. Have any of you all ever had the devourer come into your world? Stuff just break, bust, tear up, mess up. Refrigerator goes out, then the stove goes out, then the oven goes out. Office, you know, I have all it. Then your car transmission tear. Have you ever had a situation? And you just, I rebuke the devil. And oftentimes we'll say, I rebuke the devil. Yet, yet God, says, He says, now if you were there in a field and you were a farmer and you had some nice crops, all of a sudden it had stopped raining. So you did your few crops you did have left were, were getting withered, and then you saw this big swarm of locusts. Have you ever seen what a swarm of locusts look like? It looks like a cloud that can virtually darken the sky. And if you saw this swarm of locusts coming and you are a farmer and you know what happens when locusts meets your crop, you know that when the locusts get to your crop, the locusts will eat every shred of your crop and leave you with nothing. Now, if you are a farmer standing out there in your overalls and your brogans, standing there with your mule, and you see all of this swarm of locusts coming, you would swear that's the devil. God says, when I command the locust to come and devour your crop, a lot of this stuff It's not the devil. It's not the devil. When you go back through the Bible and you read over what happened to Job, most of that wasn't the devil. They were acts of God. This wasn't the devil. He said, when I command the locusts, and and money is one of those issues that we have, yet many of the times that's not the devil messing with your money. Sometimes it is. But most of the destruction was caused by God. We're, We're in the ark. 
The devil didn't cause that flood. Now, the devil may have corrupted the hearts of the people, but it was God who caused the flood. He said, when I command the locusts to come. And then this gets to be a, a real, this is the, the third one. See, each one of them gets progressively worse. Rain, you can make it without a while. Locusts going to eat your stuff up right then. You don't, you don't, in 10 minutes, your stuff is going to be gone. And this is the, the, the roughest one. He said, or send pestilence among my people. Do you know what pestilence is? Disease. Now, see, if you got sick, you know you're going to sway up and down. That's the devil. God says, when I send pestilence among my people, not even, not even the heathen. He said, my people, when I send sickness and disease among my people. So here we've got the rain shut up, the locusts coming to devour everything and sickness and disease on people. And God says, I did it. He said, I did it. I did it. And, and, and after all of this, and see, some of us, we're going through that in our world right now. The heavens have been shut up. And somehow we cannot get the things that we have planted, the things that we have worked on, the things we're trying to get. Grow. Somehow there's no rain to come to bring the stuff into fruition. Everything we touch is seeming to die and nothing can come to life. Nothing. The life giving waters from above. It just won't seem to fall. And we've been rebuking the devil right and left, casting out Satan, all this kind of stuff. And God says, I shut some of this stuff up. We have seen stuff come to devour our stuff. To eat it all up. And we can't understand. I have seen, I just seen, I have seen curses on some folk. And no matter what they got, something ate it up. And it would just eat it and just eat it and just eat it. And you would think that it's the demonic and the devil. But sometimes God sends the locusts. And then when we get to sickness and disease, you would think that every sickness and every disease has to come from the devil. But God says, when I send pestilence among my people, and this is the stuff that God says he did, but he gives us the suppose. He gives us the suppose. And, and you see, sometimes we may think, well, that's, a, that's awful rough of God to do that. It's better for God to do that now. To bring you into his kingdom and into his will than for him to let you continue going unopposed and burn forever in eternity. As a father, children rarely understand the discipline of the daddy. Every child has his lip poked out because of what daddy did. Why did that? I, I had a, my son sitting right here on the, on the front. I had to take his stuff away from him because he didn't do something daddy said. And his lip was just hanging almost on the ground <laughs> because he didn't understand his stuff was. See, to him, it was the locusts coming to devour his stuff. And he was mad. He was upset. I used to get mad with my daddy. My daddy would, would punish me or take my stuff or put me on some lockdown. Oh, I would get mad with my daddy. Why is this man doing this? Why doesn't he let me have this? Why is he shutting me down like this? Why doesn't my daddy give me everything I want? Why? Daddy understood some things. But the child can never see the wisdom of daddy. All the child sees is the pain. But I'm beginning to train and to teach my son, and I will always ask him with stuff. I, 
He went with me the other day when I had a speaking engagement. I said, son, come on, go with me. Lip hit the ground. Boom. <laughs> Just boom. Come on, go with daddy. We're going to church. Come on, go with lip. Just hit the ground. Boom. You see, he was outside riding his little motorcycle ATV. So he was outside having fun. Daddy said, come on, go with him. I'm, I'm going to a place. I'm going to the house of God where, where you will be to get some training and some word. But he was on his motor scooter. And when daddy mentioned going into the house of the God to learn word, lip hit the ground. How many of your lips have hit the ground when God has pulled you into a teaching experience that was not what you wanted? And I had to talk with him on the way because it brought back memories of when my father used to tell me, son, come on, go with me to Wednesday night Bible study. And I had to preach at the same church where my father used to take me. And I remember when my father would say, son, let's go to Wednesday Bible study. My lip would hit the ground. So I understood how my son felt because I had gone through the same thing. But but I told him when I was your age and my daddy would drag me with him. I didn't understand it. I didn't like it. To me, it was devouring my fun time to go sit here in this dull class learning something about some Bible. And I could be out playing basketball or riding skates or watching television. I could be doing anything else other than sitting in that class on a Wednesday evening. Daddy understood. And daddy had to do some things that looked to the child. Like it was from anywhere but from God. So I understood what my son was feeling, but I began to ask him, why do you think daddy has taken you? And I began to explain to him the same things that I went through. And on the way back, he had a different understanding. See, sometimes you may not understand some things going to it. And you may not understand some things going through it. But on the way back, some things will begin to open up to you on the way back. So you won't understand. They didn't understand it when they saw the swarm of locusts coming. They didn't understand it when the ground was parched and nothing they planted would grow properly. They didn't understand it when they got sick in their body. But on the way back, when God began to heal their land, but, but he, he gave them a suppose, suppose, suppose. My people, suppose my people who are called by my name, not the heathen, not the world, the church. Suppose the church would humble themselves. It's hard to humble a person who has it all. It's hard to humble a person who has it all. When you've got it all, you've got it all. And sometimes God will have to create circumstances where you understand where the rain comes from. I heard a preacher stand up in the pulpit once and he said, I'm the rainmaker around here. And I thought to myself, this man don't know where rain comes from. He was in the pulpit saying he was the rainmaker. And I saw God shut his water off. <laughs> and he began to realize I'm not the rainmaker. All I can do is run, get where the rain falling. 
It's God who makes the rain. And sometimes God will have to close some valves off. He'll have to shut up heaven so we will understand where the real rain, where the real growth, where the real prosperity, where everything in our life comes from. He'll have to shut some stuff down. But it looks to us like it's just the devil. But God did this stuff. But suppose my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray. It's hard to pray when we are fools. Do you know even the Bible actually says that you ought to give thanks and pray after you have eaten. See, all of us pray when we're hungry. Well, most of us. We pray when we're hungry. Lord, thank you for this food we are about to receive. But no one prays when they're full. Lord, thank you for this dinner you've just given me. Thank you for this breakfast, dear Father. You don't hear that. Thank you for the food I'm about to receive because you're hungry. God says pray when you're full. We don't feel like praying when we're full because we're satisfied. We, we, I don't, you don't need God now. You already got the food in your belly. You don't need the Lord. And then we'll say for Christ's sake. That food not for Christ's sake. That's for your sake. But we don't pray when we're full. We only pray when we're hungry. And God has recognized this nature in man that when we have it all, we stop giving thanks. We stop praying. We stop falling down on our knees. So sometimes God says, look, I, I've got to dry your stuff up so you're hungry. I'll send the locusts in to, to, I'll send the locusts in to devour it. I, I'll send some stuff in your body. But you will have to pray and come back to me. And I'm not doing this, my child, to hurt you. I'm doing this to save you. You may hurt while you're going through it. And I understand it would have been nice for me to let my son just continue to play on his little scooter. But it would have never developed him. It would never have taken him to a higher level. It would never train him to be a man, but it would be nice. And just as a proper father in the natural has to do some things to the child that the child is uncomfortable with, so must your heavenly father do to you. But suppose the people who are called by his name would humble themselves and pray and seek his face. The Bible says no man can see the face of God and live, but yet you seek his face. And when you find it, some stuff in you will die. There's a lot of stuff in you that will die when you truly find the face of God. But to seek his face, there is a point at which God will have to take us to where we begin to seek nothing but him. Too often we're seeking all this other stuff and we're not seeking God. He'll, he'll take us to a place sometimes where he'll strip everything from us and there is nothing left but him. But oftentimes that's a place where we pray the most earnest and sincere and heartfelt prayers. I pray better when I'm in trouble than when I'm on the mountaintop. I'll be honest. I just do. I pray better. And, and oftentimes when I go through things and sometimes I'll ask God why. And he'll bring this same verse back to me. Not in that manner. But he just said, look, when you do what I have told you to do, you won't be going through all this. I can hear God saying to me, suppose you do what I tell you to do. Just suppose you do that. And, and see, turn to the person next to you and ask him that. Suppose you do what God tells you to do. 
just, just suppose you do that. Just suppose you do it. Can, can you imagine what would happen in your life if you just did what God told you to do and, and keep doing it? See, the problem that the children of Israel had over and over and over, God would bless them. They would become prosperous and turn from him. Then he had to send all this stuff. He had to send all this destruction and calamity on them to bring them back to their knees. They would turn back towards him, get back in line with what he wanted them to do. He would bless them again. A little while later, once they had become prosperous, the cycle kept going over and over and over and over again. Suppose, suppose you did what God told you to do and kept doing it. Can you imagine what your life would be like? I know with me, the things that God has told me to do, when I do them, I feel so good just in body and mind and spirit. I feel so, every time I, have, every time I deviate and something goes wrong, I can look, look back and automatically look, I didn't do what God told me to do. I didn't do what God told me. And I knew it. It's, it's not, so, but God is not trying to punish me. He's trying to preserve me. God is not trying to make me suffer. He's trying to give me eternal life. I understand to a limited degree the purpose of the daddy. Daddy is not trying to keep me from having fun. Daddy is trying to take me off of a motorcycle sometimes so he can bring me into his house so I can have a mansion. God is trying to elevate me. He's not trying to bring me down, but sometimes he has to slap us to get our attention. Suppose, suppose you did what God told you to do. I I employ a good number of people. And sometimes I will see in employees what I call slackness. And I say to myself, suppose they would really put forth really top-notch effort. Do you know what they could do? I I talked with one person who works for me. I said, I see so much talent in you. Man, if you just would really focus on what you're supposed to do, do you know how far along you could be? Suppose you did it. But the problem is, oftentimes, the answer to the suppose is no. Suppose you did what God told you to do. Suppose you got the word inside of you. Suppose you went to vitaminverse.com and just learned a verse every week. Do you know how much word? Suppose you did it. Suppose you then did what those words said. Suppose you gave your job the best that you could. Suppose you treated your body like the temple of the Holy Spirit. Suppose none of what God said supposed to logically related to what caused it. Do you realize that? He said the people had failed to pray. He said the people had turned from his ways. He said the people were proud and not humble. He caused shut up rain, locust coming, and sickness. None of it logically related to the stuff they were doing. You couldn't put your finger on it and say, because I'm not humble, my crops died. None of it logically related. But it all relates because it's all by one creator and one all-powerful God. And anytime you do something that God has told you not to do, that thing will come back in an area that may appear not to be related. You don't pray, and that's got something to do with a swarm of locusts headed your way. Don't look like it's related, but it is. So everything that you do for God or against God 
has a consequence and it has a blessing. God is a good God. So he's not trying to be mean to you. God is trying to save you. And God says, suppose my people did this. He said, then I will hear from heaven. I'll hear your plea. I'll hear your cry. We get so many prayer requests through mountain wings and the people will say, God just doesn't. He's not answering my prayer. He doesn't hear me. God said, look, if you, if you do these four things, if you humble yourself, pray, seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven. I will forgive your sins and I will heal your land. Suppose you need God to hear your prayers. Suppose you need him to forgive your sins. Suppose you need him to heal some things in your life. Suppose. Suppose we did what God has led us to do. When we do those things, God will hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal all that is broken in our lives. We thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. Because, brother, you need the Word. Suppose those of you right now who are listening to the sound of my voice and you have been errant away from the ways of God. Suppose you rededicated your life to God today. Suppose you did. Suppose. Right now, if you have been errant away from the ways of God and you want to rededicate your life Right now, back to Jesus. Suppose. Suppose. My God, what could happen in our lives? What could happen in our lives if we turned? God has so many blessings in store for us. There is, if I feel towards my children, I don't want them to hurt. I don't want them to suffer. I told you when I had to take my son to the emergency room because he had a high fever and was coughing and was dizzy. I would have taken that sickness on myself if I could. But every time I see them eating something wrong or doing something that I know will cause a health problem, it pains me. But oftentimes there are decisions that we make on our own. And even a child, I've learned, you can't force the stuff in them. We have to learn some things the hard way. And I could feel what God felt. God doesn't want any of us going through pain and problem. But he gave us an independent mind. We can do it our way. Or we can do it God's way. But suppose today made a decision that I'm going to do this thing God's way. Suppose today you decided. This ends message number 5449 by Nathaniel Bronner Jr. To hear other messages or to send this message number 5449 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 5449. Suppose. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.